Ryan, have you ever had a conversation with a friend that turned into what you most remembered about your childhood? I mean, we've, we highlight things, things that I used to, used to do when we actually, we had our electrician here, not our electrician, but a electrician. <laughs> Came to uh, our home. He, he was at our home working on the electricity. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, you know, when we were kids, we used to, mm-hmm. in this case, it was, you know, things like drinking from the, fi- the, not the fire hose, drinking from the garden hose right. or, you know, uh, he was reminiscing about how he used to play baseball and, and they lived next to this pizza shop. And they'd hit the ball against the, the wall of the pizza shop and the guy'd come out and yell, quit hitting the, the wall. <laughs> anyway, we, but yes. So yes, to answer your question, that right. does happen. Well, and there's, there's a few things I think that we, whenever we think about our childhood, we reminisce, there's uh, three sort of, I think, formative categories that we're going to talk about in just a minute. But, you know, holidays are kind of around the corner for when we're recording. Um, and it just, it's always a good time to just sort of take some inventory of your family life. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to your spouse. Uh, let's let's evaluate. What are our kids going to remember? How how far have we come? You know, looking at the last year, what have we done that has really impacted them and hopefully oriented their hearts to the Lord? Not mm. like one momentous thing, but what are our daily rhythms look like, and how are they feeding into the experiences that our kids have as mm-hmm. children in their childhood? So. Again, just to keep you titillated, we have three formative categories that really create childhood for a kiddo, and we will share those with you on the other side. Yeah, and as parents, this can be one of those conversations where uh, you can have it in your head. You think, man, I just need to give my kids the childhood that I think they should have. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure around it (laughs) as their youngest pulls on your hair. (laughs) A lot of pressure around trying to get this episode recorded <laughs> because we've, we've actually taken a bit of a hiatus from the fierce parenting side. We're trying to get some stuff out there to the fierce parents among us who might be looking for just some encouragement and whatnot. So here we are. Sonny's with us. Thank you for joining us. But yeah, today uh, the temptation is to oh, think. Nice. Hold on. <laughs> the temptation is to think, OK, what can I do? So that I can have complete control over that childhood experience <laughs> my kids are having so There's, that when they're old, they'll have all the fond memories I have right. and then some. Well, and I also think the other side of that is like, <clears throat> you just feel guilty for not doing enough. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. You can, there's two sides of this, this whole expectation, yeah. right? Yeah. You, Cause you, you start to put all these, heap all these expectations on yourself and, uh, you know, and maybe we could give you some freedom from that today. Hopefully, hopefully I get some freedom from that today. <laughs> hopefully I get some um, freedom from If you don't know that. who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. We do Fierce Marriage on Tuesdays. Fierce Parenting most Thursdays, given <laughs> with the exception of the last four weeks. This is our youngest child, Sunny, hitting the microphone. She just woke up from a nap, which is perfect timing. And I think it embodies the spirit of Fierce Parenting, that we will continue this Thing that God has asked asked us to do, despite no matter what child is awake or cranky or happy or anything, <laughs> all the things. So, if only you knew how many episodes got postponed <laughs> because of uncooperative babies. <laughs> it's good. All right, so Selena, you opened up with this. What will our kids remember 15, 20 years into the yeah, future? And what will they remember as, their childhood memories? As parents, like, what do we hope that our kids will remember? I mean, as as Christians, obviously one of the big cornerstones is that we pray that their faith is is rooted, anchored, 
and in their foundation is the foundation of their life, uh, hopefully moving forward into adulthood. But we don't have any guarantee of that. We trust God. We try to do our best to obey what he says. Um, but I kept, I don't know. I kept seeing these themes of like, what are, what are those things that you want your kids to remember? What are mm. those memories, those core memories and why, um, do you, what are, what are, what are some memories that you have, you know, mm. as a kid, what was one that you, you used camping. to camping, camping, yeah. we used to go camping at Mount Rainier. We still do as a family now, but well, yeah, I, because we kind of, that stemmed from your experiences right. though. And I watched my up. kids run on the same paths that I ran down <laughs> just the other day we were in the kitchen and, uh, Selena made this tons and tons of applesauce out of our apples from our apple tree, which was very <laughs> fruitful this year. And I think you felt this sense. Like I have to use every one of these apples. So I not did. Let them go to waste. I did not want them to go to waste. They're delicious and amazing. And this tree is so, <laughs> so much, it's so old and mature. So the way you did that was you made just a ton of applesauce and it's amazing. And I watched as you spoon fed some to our four year old. You're like, Hey, she loves like, it. So taste this. And I could just see her, her, her eyes light up, her face light up. And I actually remember eating that applesauce that my mom made when I was a kid. That was a core memory, I would say. Nice. And our applesauce tastes like that to me. And I, and I said to you, yeah. this is a core memory for them. They're going to remember the, the, uh, the taste of mama's applesauce. Well, and it's just, it tastes yeah. like summer, right? It just brings back all those memories. And I'd say um, it tastes like the autumn Okay. Well, ours isn't, <laughs> our tree is an early fruitful it tree. True. It's, it blooms and in the, produces in, in the August. summer. Yeah. 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 So, uh, children are a blessing. Childhood is a gift. As a parent, you are blessed with the blessing of children and being the giver of their childhood. And this is, it is an important time. You only kind of get one shot here. And it's why we spend so much time. I should back up. We don't spend so much time talking about family vision and biblical worldview so that your kids can have a good childhood, right? We talk about those things to be able yeah. to disciple and train our children in the things of God, praying that the Lord would save them and call them uh, unto his glory. And so, mm. but to have, I think one of the blessings is not just duty, but it's also the beauty that is in the doing, right? Of parenting, that it's such a gift. Mm. Missed that opportunity we, there. You could have said the beauty in the duty. <laughs> There it is. That's why you do the marketing. I'm sorry. Carry on. Carry but whenever on. I hear the word duty now, I always think of a little baby duty, like a poopy. That's disgusting. But I'm sorry. I can't believe you would say that. Uh, so there is us. beauty in the duty of being a parent. Okay. And so it is important to get, to have established a family vision to um, take hold and mm work out our biblical worldview with our children and within our family, uh, because these really do, they are the main drivers of our family life and they will determine, uh, kind of the direction in which our children take as they grow and begin their own families. So there are, there are three, I mean, okay. One memory for me, I should talk about this cause I didn't get to share. I didn't get to share. You didn't ask me. What's your core memory? <laughs> There. <laughs> um, I have core memories of baking with my mom and I have funny enough, uh, with my grandma, I, <laughs> she used to always have Cheetos and I would watch WWF and watch and eat Cheetos after school. <laughs> that's, I think that's like most eighties kids. Okay, childhoods. Maybe that is, but yeah. I was just like, I just remember just being, feeling so safe and just being able to sit in the chair and grandpa's chair and eat Cheetos and, Watch Have you wrestling. ever watched the A-Team? 
Oh, I did too. Yes, oh, I so did watch good. that. Yes, So good. I love it when a plan comes together. It really was. Yeah. It was Hannibal's line. Yeah. And with my mom, I mean, we made, like I said, uh, we made, we baked cookies. She read aloud at night. Um, just, yeah, some really mm-hmm. formative times. So, yeah. and it wasn't a lot of big things. So what, what makes a good like memory and why is it important? What are, right. what are some of those? Here's those, a, I want to ask this question first okay. because it, as parents and processing through it. I know in some sense you've already said we should be doing this, but I'm asking it again. Should we be primarily concerned with the memories that our kids are having growing up? Or should we just say, we're going to raise them the way we know to raise them and let the cards fall where they may. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, The latter, because the objective is completely different. If we're just out there making memories to make memories, well, you snap a pic, post it, and that's kind of it, right? True, it's, but there's something to be said for passing on the the uh, the treasures of our own childhood. Yes, as it's a it's a way the culture passes down. It's a way that culture continues to carry on. Yes, like if we just said, you know what, no more Christmas. I'm going to just jettison that. Well, that's not. I'm okay, just saying. I'm saying that's that's <laughs> obviously a very large memory bank. There. I'm just saying if you're only pursuing memories just for memory's sake. Mm, that's draining. I don't think that exactly that puts too much pressure on the whole situation. And ironically, you end up destroying memories, I think, rather right. than making them. Right. And the it's objective like the, is not to make memories. The objective is to make disciples. It's like the parent that's always obsessed with taking pictures and the kids can never just run and play and have fun because the parents like, wait, 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 say, no, stop. Okay. Okay. Now you can play. How dare you? I did that like one time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't I do used that. to be a photographer in another life. You really don't Who do didn't, that. Right. But there's, there are just, some moments where I'm just like, gosh, this is just the lighting, the setting, all the things are like coming together yeah. so beautifully. So I'm like, kids, just give me this one. All right. <laughs> so given all that we've just said, and we're trying to think about this in a godly way, in a productive way, in a way that we have our head up, our eyes open, our ears open, our hearts are open to maybe what God is asking of us in whatever season of our yeah. kids' childhood we're in, they're in. <laughs> um, so what, let's ask this. What are the formational or formative categories within which we can help? I'll use this word. Maybe it's a, mis, a misuse of the word, but to create our children's childhood. Yeah. yeah. So um, we came up with these. There's certainly probably maybe other ways to articulate this, but this will get you thinking. The first formative category of creating your child's childhood is experiential. Um, what are the things you're going to look back and remember? Uh, I, I mentioned camping. Mm-hmm. You mentioned watching WWF it's with not Cheetos. My only. <laughs> it's not my only, <laughs> you know, it explains so much. <laughs> it explains so much. <laughs> um, so things that are interactive or fun or engaging, uh, face to face time. I think. Well, and I think part of this too, one of the big pieces of this for me, I talked about my grandma and even my great grandma, I spent some time on the far on her farm. Uh, and I, you know, you look back and like, I did it all every summer all the time. And it was probably two weeks, probably maybe three, two to three summers, right. Total. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we um, used to always go to my uncle's always farm. Used to do this, but she would like, you did like three or three she times. She would like rub our feet at night and put lotion on them and like tell us stories about like the old days of, you know, Those moving. Are core memories. and they're core memories and they're yeah. experiential because they're with people in your family. Like I love when our girls get to hear about the past, mm. about their families, about where they came from, what they did. Uh, you know, just, I know they can't experience that maybe firsthand, but they can experience it magically kind of through the Mm. eyes and through the ears of like their, their grandparents and like telling their story, having the grandparents tell their stories and share with the kids. Like when I was young, this is what I did. You know, our kids are always asking their grandparents, what did did you do this when you were younger? What did you do about, you know, I wonder if that's common among kids, all kids, because 
Certainly it is among our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to just take one step back and we'll continue, but I think there's a lot of pressure for us. The, the parents of this generation right now, um, you feel like you need to give your kids everything that you had and then some, or you Mm -hmm. need to give them everything that you think they should have. So here's an example. If you think your house isn't nice enough or your car is not nice enough or, you know, whatever the thing is that you think you should acquire the vacation, the house, the car, mm-hmm. just so you, and I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying you think you need to acquire them so that your kids can have a better childhood. And I was reflecting on this a few years back, actually with a good friend of ours. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was recalling memories and he's like, yeah, I kind of, th- I, I guess we grew up in a double wide. Like he didn't even know <laughs> they grew up in a trailer park. Right. He's like, we'd run over, like we were just having so much fun at our, at our house, at our friend's house. We had our friends over. Like he never remembered that his parents didn't have the granite countertops that they didn't have the stainless steel appliances. They didn't have, you know, the, the pristine yard kids do not, those are not core memory material. Right. And so if you're pressuring yourself, you're feeling all this pressure to create the experiences and create the extravagant lifestyle, um, I just want to release you of that because you're for the, if, if you're feeling those pressures because you feel like your kids need those memories, I want to release you of the pressure for that reason. Right. Well, and ironically projects like that can often take away from, they can, they can take mm-hmm. away your attention from your kids and they can take away, you know, they just put pressure on your family, not to say you can't do those things, but what are, is it, is it a right motivation or are you trying yeah. to just, you know, yeah. And it'll almost like always be the case that the core <laughs> memories that your kids are making with you are ones that you don't even realize they're making at the time. It's so true. And they are making those memories and those neuro pathways are being seared open yeah. because they are interacting with you in such a way that they're getting at your heart. They're, in other words, they're seeing what you love. Mm-hmm. So the reason I loved camping with my parents, because my parents loved camping. Mm-hmm. The reason you loved cooking with your mom, baking with your mom is because she loves, to this day, she loves to bake. Mm-hmm. She uh, bakes with the girls too. I have so many fond memories with my dad on the water. We live on the Puget Sound in the Northwest. A lot of our life is near the water or on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very, Selena knows this, I'm very fond of the ocean, of the water, of the beach, of the Puget Sound, of salt water, of creatures, of anything that has to do with being in and, or in and among mm-hmm. You'd attribute water. that to your... Your childhood? Oh, 100%. My favorite coffee mug right now is a coffee mug that my dad gave me just on a whim like a year ago. I said, Dad, this is a great mug. He said, you can have it. It's it's a mug. It's a tiny mug. It's, you know, which one I'm talking about. It's got yeah. the lighthouse on it with yeah. seagulls. Uh, and it's kind of, and it's just because it triggers memories for me yeah. of not just my childhood, but my father and the things we did together and and everything that that, everything that that represents in terms of just, and even our people. And when I say that by our people, I mean the people of the Northwest, the people of the Puget Sound, the people who live around this area, they all, we all feel this. Mm-hmm. If you live in a farm area or if, if you live you know, in the South, certainly, or in Texas or wherever you are, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have some sense of local culture that you right. take pride in. Um, and so anyway, those memories are being kind of seared into your children's minds uh, almost, almost without us realizing it. And your prayer is that they grow up loving the same things you love. First of first and foremost being the Lord. Yes. Um, but you know, appreciating the things the same way that you appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Obviously you can't force it, but <laughs> okay. So form formative categories that create childhood memories. So experiential. Yes. Um, one quick example, just from our immediate past, uh, last night, <laughs> last night, I'm so super tired. It was, you know, it's about six forty-five. 
girls usually are in bed by eight, eight fifteen. the older ones. And I said, girls, let's hang out. What do you want to do? And immediately I'm like, let's find a movie to watch and just veg out. <laughs> Cause I do it's not always the feel, default, like, I feel like, for us. and I was about to say, let's find, let's find a movie. And I, and I stopped myself and I said, what game do you want to play? And Selena's nodding her head. Cause that's usually her. That's her move. She, she's great at that. I don't like playing games, <laughs> but I will play them. And I, I come to, Once to enjoy them. It. Yes. Yes. And so we played the game of life, which was hilarious because <laughs> I said to the girls, we, so there's, you know, the detours, like, do you want to get married? And you know, I've told them, Hey, marriage is awesome. Marriage is good. You want to get married. <laughs> like, trust me. I say they always want to go mar- get married. They always pay up because you got to pay 50 grand. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of message is this? <laughs> yeah, no, right. It, I, you could do a whole dissertation on the game of life <laughs> and why it's antithetical to biblical normative values. But we made it about <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> I said, listen, whatever price it is, you pay it. All right. You don't have to. <laughs> totally worth it. Okay. And then it's time to have kids. Are you going to have kids? Yes, we're going to have kids. And Della, our oldest, she was like, I wanted to land on the twin square. And she was, she was upset because <laughs> she couldn't land on any of the kids squares. I said, listen, you can put as many kids in your car as you want. <laughs> They don't know that you get 50 K per kid at the end of the game. They don't know that. Guess how many, how many kids they had in their vehicles? I don't know. 12, 12 children. They had 12. I would not be surprised. I would, that would be wonderful. Yes. Um, so that was a, that was an experience that, you know, we do watch shows together and that's a lot of fun. And I think that's an experience as well in its own way, but that's one example. Yeah. Uh, so the first category is experiential. The second one is consistent. So consistency, when you hear, I don't know, you probably hear a saying, or maybe you think we always did this when I was a kid or whenever Mm. we put the Christmas tree up, mom blank or whatever. I remember it always being a pretty hostile time to put the Christmas tree up. (laughs) Always words, Mm. never straight, never in the right spot. Like it was just, it's like, I think for us, and we've gotten a lot better about this total first world problems, but launching our boat in and out, uh, the first few times we had it, it was, it's like nothing puts your marriage to the test, like launching a boat with people waiting and watching and you're just like, but now ah! my sweet Selena, we are the bell of the boat launch ball. <laughs> right? we pull up just, people know like well, those people have their, their, their stuff together. Well, the kids know too. Uh, I'm like, do not talk to mommy right now. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is Hold true. your sister. I have to do this and then I will do it. But I was like, do not talk. We're at the launch. Oh, and <laughs> They're my all word, just do like, not argue. <laughs> And don't complain and don't whine. So now these are the, the things that are consistent in their brain. And so they're going to know, oh, I wasn't supposed to, I'm yes. not supposed to talk right now. But what are the things that you say, oh, we always did this. This was yeah. a really fond memory. Because no matter how bad your childhood or you thought your childhood was, there's always certain things that you can hook on mm. uh, that you remember that were mm. good and pleasant and wonderful and safe and beautiful and so you got your traditions. So like your annuals traditions, maybe right. your monthly, you know, maybe summer traditions, the things right. that you did. We talked about camping, Christmas, yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, winter, maybe you go um, sledding and stuff. Daily and weekly. So yeah. th- these are important, you guys. So uh, we don't miss church. Yeah. Like we just, we don't miss it. Because Unless kids are sick. And you know, you know why? Because we love our church. Yeah. We love the body of Christ. We genuinely love to be in and among the people of God, worshiping alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. We love church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I pray that as our kids, as our girls grow up, they will say like, yeah, we always went to church and we enjoyed it. And it was yeah. always the the best part of our week Yeah, because their friends are there. There's there, you know, all the reasons. Yeah. Well, the um, daily rhythms of, you know, Bible reading and family worship and mm. 
uh, we had meals together around the table. Like those are very important. We read aloud. We did, we played games with that. We did these mm. things. Like it's a consistent thing that they can look back and have, yeah. uh, they can kind of hold on to those. Uh, or our house, you know, we, we always had people at our house. Mm-hmm. We always had friends and they'll say always, it's not always, it's maybe once, you know, every two weeks, right? Yeah, right. It's not every day of the week, but right. once a week, once every two weeks, your kids will grow up thinking yeah. our house was a house that had people in it. Yeah. And we were a, a ho- hospitable home. And Hopefully my mom, a house of order at some point, a little bit. <laughs> our house the, was always a, a disaster. You say that. No, you say that. You said you used to always go to a friend's house and it was always messy. And I'm like, so. My parents were sticklers for is that, being ours organized. Feel, well, my mom was, she really Your liked clean house too. too, which was nice. But anyways, those are things that we kind of. We joke about. Joke about. And, and you feel through. guilty about. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> our house is. Well, you let it go until it's not. And then you're well, like. until it's just <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, because you are just blabbing on here. Yep. Um, so first one, experiential, the categories that kind of create childhood, really they experience and they see, they, they uh, take in those moments when you're not looking a lot of times when you're not being intentional about it, but just get that time with your kids to build your relationship mm-hmm. through consistency, things you always did maybe as a kid or daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, monthly, yearly, um, you know, get those under, just get in order in those mm-hmm. and then, and, and put weight in those and, and make those special. I think it doesn't take a lot. Um, and then the third thing is like you said, challenging. So uneasy, uncomfortable experiences for kids and how mm-hmm. important are these? How do we, I why would, are they important? Why are they formative? Core memory for me. Okay. I, 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 I participated in a martial art. <laughs> are you it, talking about the nunchucks? No. How dare you? <laughs> he she makes fun of me face. for my childhood foibles. <laughs> No, that's not what I'm talking about. This was before I, this was after I was trained. <laughs> no, I, I, I was part of, um, it was a very unique martial art called Hapgong Musul. And it's, it's Sounds like, a, made it's up. Korea, it's like a Korean fusion of, I don't know. I want to say many things, Taekwondo being one of them. Hey, I wanted to do this class and I got two buddies to sign up with me. It was right down the road from our house. Uh, I went, ended up in this class for like three months in the wintertime, they did this like survival camp thing with oh. like ninjas. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Why did you not tell me I've this? I've never told you oh, about this. Oh, my goodness. I don't think so. And my parents uh, said, yeah, you can go to this thing. I was probably 14. Um, miserable. Like, totally miserable. Like we're with the uh, like the grandmaster of Hopgong Musul. Like we're riding in his Lincoln town car up to Mount Rainier. <laughs> and he's got like a tent and like a tarp in his back. And it's like us and five other guys. Anyway, we show up. We just, we cook noodles in this like big kettle thing over the fire. Nice. And I remember, I'll never forget, I'm soaking wet and my, my instructor is teaching me how to skewer squirrels by throwing a chop, a sharpened chopstick at them. That's part of our, our survival tactics. I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. I was miserable. It was hard. I failed and I loved it. And I loved it. I can't I've never told you that. I've never heard about the skewed, skewed squirrel. Well, now you know why I try to skewer squirrels always. Because just never in case knew. you get hungry. Just in case you get hungry. I never knew that. Yeah. That's a hard memory that you went through. See, I don't like Basketball hard memories, camp. though. I don't like hard memories. Basketball camp. Why? 
I remember you telling me how challenging NBC basketball camp was. Physically, yes. Physically, it was really challenging. Um, you know, you're just going day all day, you know, basketball and D-Day, defense day. You're just like, I'm dreading it. And it was hard for a lot of reasons. And sometimes you'd get picked for things and sometimes you wouldn't. And sometimes you were the last one. I remember one that was embarrassing. So I would categorize that as hard. <laughs> But we're all going around. There's like six hoops in this gym. You're going around, you're shooting free throws and you're trying once you make like, I think three in a row or five in a row, then you can sit out. Right. Well, guess who was the last one out of like a (laughs) hundred girls. Right. It's me, but they're all cheering me on. And it's so like, I just feel like an idiot. Right. I just feel like an idiot. But I also remember that. Is this why you make fun of how I shoot? No, it's not. Cause you always make fun of how I shoot. You shoot the ball. How dare you? But right. anyways, I was I very, right for me. I was very embarrassed, but in my embarrassed, in my yeah. feelings of embarrassment, I remember feeling very supported because all the girls, the coaches were like, come on, like cheering her on, cheering me on, getting the other girls are following me to each hoop. Right. There's like 50 to hundred girls. And I remember just like, I've never heard this kind of getting over some of that. It was hard for me. Cause I, I like to blend mm-hmm. in. I don't want to stand out. I don't, I just, can I just sure. stand in the back? And, uh, it was not easy, but I remember it. And then I remember wanting to be that support for other people of like, it's okay if you're embarrassed or it's okay. You know, you kind of grow into those things. Hmm. Um, so not always fun. <clears throat> I wouldn't, that was no. not, I would not categorize that as fun, but like you were challenged. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it, but kids need part these of challenging things. Is it's not fun. Another one more example, uh, took our two oldest daughters and our, my nephew, our nephew mm-hmm. who happens to be the same age as our oldest daughter, uh, out on a overnight excursion on our little boat. It's just a little cuddy cabin. A little, it's, it's a bayliner. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he was terrified. Our girls have grown up basically on this thing. They love it. They're out on the bow. You know, we're underway. They're enjoying it. They're 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 laughing as we go over the bumps. And he is terrified. He's saying, "Uncle, slow down, slow down. I'm scared. I'm scared." And I and I had to walk him through this. Say, "Listen, for you." The words I'm scared are a swear word for you. You're not allowed to say those words. If you say those words, you will be swearing at me. And so a few times he actually, he goes, I'm scared. I said, don't swear at me. Don't swear at me, young man. And he kind of knows we know each other. So he knows that I'm, I'm serious, but I'm also a little bit joking. Well, by the end of the trip, he had overcome not just the fear of the waves, but he had overcome the fear of many things. Yes. And he gets off this boat and he's just a new kid. Yeah. Now my prayer is because his father's not in the picture. Sadly, um, my prayer is that my nephew stores these core memories away with maybe his uncle as maybe a sort of type of father figure for him Yeah, um, that will be lasting for him. And he will have some of those core memories. Some of those memories and moments to draw yeah. on when you're in a hard moment, right? Yeah, especially boys. Can, boys yeah, need to boys be pushed. Need. And we've talked about this in the past, but moms are for, you know, nurturing and drawing near drawing them, and yeah. caring and and that's beautiful it's god's design dads are for encouraging and pushing away yeah you need and to go and do this son you need to do something hard because this is how you grow right and men need or young men and boys men they need, need to yeah. they need to sharpen their horns is that what you say lock their yeah they need they need to lock their horns with some other you know young bucks once in a while <laughs> um which actually he's aiden he's our, our nephew he's in uh he just got his Blue belt, green belt, green belt, something. Yeah. yeah so and there you go. So there, we've given you some examples, some categories to think through how you're creating moments to, to have memories with your kids and to create memories for your kids. But what's the biggest and most important question? Um, and here it is as a parent, how am I consistently leading my child and or children to the feet of Christ during this season of childhood, during whatever season of childhood mm-hmm. they're in? 
an example of this is our, you know, our, um, our daughters per- periodically, they'll just be scared for no reason whatsoever, you know, yeah. or they might have a reason or not. Well, it's not just, Hey, you're okay. You're safe. You know, right. our doors are locked. You know, we are armed. <laughs> We have, you know, video camera. We have all the, the measures. Okay, that's true, but that's not put, pointing them to not, Christ. Yeah. Who's keeping us safe ultimately? It's not right. me. Yes, right. I am doing my best, but and I believe it's a father's job to keep his family safe. But Christ is our savior. He is our redeemer. He is the one who is holding the universe together by the word of his power. Our God, our good Father, is the one who sees fit to give us a sunrise every morning. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's examples, there are ways to point people to point our kids to Christ in these moments in their childhood. Like one of the big things that we've uh, there's research done on this is that some of the kids, uh, how kids are dealt with when they're most emotionally, emotionally vulnerable and might even say emotionally wrecked yeah. how their parents help them in those moments, treat them in those moments. Yeah. That has an immense impact on their confidence in terms of how they're going to handle That's emotional good. heartache in the future. That's good. So we don't just want to shut down hard feelings, but help them process those in a loving parental way, but also in a Christian way. Right. Right. Like identify Um, them, bring them before the Lord. You know, it's okay to have these feelings, but where do they fall? And how does the Bible instruct us on how to deal with our emotions and how to live under the authority of God and why that's important? Um, So, yes. Do our experiences create opportunities for discipleship? Are, are we, are we parents recognizing those opportunities? And that I think would be our prayer for us. And for Mm -hmm. you is that, you know, you don't just go through the day to get through it, but you, um, recognize and you see your children, you recognize them as God's blessings and gifts for you, Mm -hmm. uh, and to you, but also what are those opportunities? Because it is fun. It is not just fun, but it is so rich to be able to teach your children and, Talk to them about Christ. Talk to them about the goodness of God, even in the midst of really hard situations. Well, what else is there? What I mean, else is there? What else Amen. is there, really? Um, we, we, are, we are told time and time again to pass this down to our kids, that they would not forget this God of ours. Mm. And so it's, it's immensely important that we do it. If you don't know this God of ours, if you don't know who Jesus is, if you don't understand um, what the gospel means, uh, that's not good. We want you to understand what the gospel is. We want you to know who Christ is because we want you to be saved. We don't want anyone who hears this podcast or who watches this video, who comes in contact with fierce families. We don't want anyone who gives us 30 minutes of their time to not hear mm. the good news of the gospel. Yes. So to that end, here it is. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He lived a perfect life. We couldn't live. He died the sinner's death. We should have died on the cross. He didn't stay dead. He was raised again, resurrected to new life. And he said, if you believe in him, you cast your cares, your sin on him, trust him for his salvation, for his righteousness, Mm -hmm. you will have it. Um, But that takes some some time to figure out what that means and to actually be able to place your faith in Christ. So to that end, we say, find a friend who is a Christian and say, teach me who Christ is. I'm sure they'd be happy to do so. Find a church that preaches from the Bible. Yeah. If you're having a hard time with either of those things, we have a website for you. It's just simply this, thenewsisgood.com. Go there, find something that'll help you. We pray that it does. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being such a good father to mm. us. Thank you for the privilege and the joy and the responsibility of being parents. I pray that you'd help us as well as the parents who are tuning into this, that they would embrace the moments to create lasting memories Mm -hmm. um, that are healthy and good and strong and true and beautiful in the hearts and minds of our kids, that they may grow into those memories or grow up having those memories that they may in turn glorify you even more. 
uh, as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to partner with us, we would love that. Our partnership page is fierceparenting.com slash partner. Um, and that is one of the main main ways that the Lord has seen fit to provide for this ministry. So thank you. If you are already a partner, a patron, thank you. Yes. Um, if you're considering being one, we'd be excited to have you there. So with that said, this episode of Fierce Parenting is in the can. And we'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.